This morning, we have a good friend of this house. He's been a part of this house for a long, long time, um, and Tony Miller. When I first came to Hammond, Louisiana, his wife uh, and, and he and his, I guess, I don't think you even had, did you have some kids in? You had two? They were little. I guess they were a little bitty. I can't keep up how old they are. Uh, had one son. That's what I was thinking. One kid, and they come and helped us And, and uh, when we first began here with our little bitty church down town Hammond America and now God has called them to Lithuania they're their 15th 16th year there God is doing crazy things blessing them and um, and I'm super excited he's been inviting Angela and I to go over there for years this coming March we're going to make our first trip after all these years to Lithuania so we're going to come see uh, Tony and Shasta so it'll be our first trip so we kind of got our kids old enough we can leave them so, all right. So, Tony wants you to come today. Let's bless this man of God, and he's going to come minister to our hearts today. Love you. It's so good to be with you in the, at the harbor, and it's so good to be with your pastor. And I don't see Angela, but we're happy to be around her, too. Uh, but it's awesome. We love these folks. They are like just awesome. And I know you know that, but I just got to say that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, I love, I love Pastor Marvin because he tells you exactly how it is. <laughs> like it or lump it, you get it, right? I love that. But anyway, he's, he's a great person and I love him and I've uh, been friends for a while. I think it's been like 22 years now that we've personally been friends. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, it's hard to go back in time. You go back that far, and it's like, oh, I don't even want to go back that far. But uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's been exciting what God is doing. And, and thank you for being a part of that over the years. You guys, you guys support our, our ministry in Lithuania. Uh, you're probably thinking, where in the world is Lithuania at? Like a lot of people, they're like, where is that at? What is Lithuania? Is that just another uh, extension of Louisiana or something? <laughs> Uh, but actually, now what's funny is Lithuania, actually, they sell crawfish in, in Lithuania. Just some interesting facts. They like crawfish in, in, Louisiana, in Lithuania. The, the uh, culture there is much colder, the climate is. So we're like, in the winter, it gets down to minus 30. How would you like that? Um, but the Lord gives you the grace to be able to deal with all of that stuff. And you have to put on a lot of clothes. Uh, <laughs> And the other thing is uh, something I just, an uh, interesting fact I learned about Lithuania and Louisiana is something they have in common is somewhere along the way somebody brought over some crawfish to Lithuania and the, craw, the Louisiana crawfish have dominated the Lithuanian crawfish. Come on. <laughs> that says something about your, your personality in, in Louisiana, right? Uh, cool. <laughs> so anyway, just some cool facts. But we love, uh, we've lived in Louisiana ourselves for about, I lived there about 10 years almost, and that's where I met your pastor and a lot of other folks in this, in this area, and we love the food and everything and the people, which is great. Uh, but God called us to go to Lithuania about in 2005, and, and of course before that, my wife and I met over in Belarus back in the early 90s, right after the fall of the Soviet Union. So it was a real, uh, we got in our blood, we love missions, we love that part of the world which is right next door to Lithuania, Belarus is. And so we've really enjoyed what God is doing. We worked with the children of Chernobyl during, in that radiation zone. That's why my face is glowing. 
but anyway. Um, so we, we were in the radiation zone, Chernobyl, and uh, we worked with the children of Chernobyl. And it was just an incredible time. It was an incredible uh, season uh, for the church in that, in, in that part of the world. And so it really got a hold of us. And then we felt like God was calling us back after being in Louisiana for about nine and a half years. We felt God calling us to go back to that part of the world. And so we went after some prayer and fasting and asking God to direct our life and some people that were already over there that were inviting us to come. And so when we went, um, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, as often is the way it is. Uh, when God calls you to do something, he doesn't give you all the details. Uh, he just kind of gives you the, you have your plans, and, and, and then God like laughs at your plan. Somebody was talking to me today about that, laughing at the plans. And, uh, and then we realized that God has called us, but he's got, he has a purpose for my life. And I know that in my heart, there's a purpose. And he has a purpose for every one of us. But we've got to first find our, our we've got to find the freedom that God has in our life so that we can find our purpose. And, and then we can make a big difference in the big picture as a part of the body of Christ, which is incredible. So, um, so anyway, we have uh, been over there now since 2005. We started out with knowing absolutely nobody, and uh, we were just a little crazy in our faith. And we really thought that when we went over there, we were going to turn that place upside down. We thought it was going to just go, like everybody was just going to start following us and just going where we were going. And little did we realize, Lithuania turned our world upside down. We had to understand the culture. We, had to, we, had, we were messing all of that up. We were shooting ourselves in the foot and in the head sometimes just because we didn't understand the culture, and we had to be more organic. And uh, your pastor said about, uh, about filling out the cards, Don't, we're not going to stalk you. Well, in Lithuania, everybody thinks that if you, as a church, they, they call anything that is not the Catholic church as a sect. And really, even church in general, even the Catholic, to a lot of people, any religion of any kind is not accepted. They don't like religion. And I tell people the same thing. I don't like it either, but I like relationship. Uh, but here's the point. So like Lithuania is really turned off. They're very agnostic and very uh, atheistic. They don't want anything to do with church. So we had to learn how to approach people without being so upfront like you are down in the South where you say, hey, come to our church and you get excited and happy and, and they're not so happy because they're looking at you like you're saying, come to our trap. We're going to trap you, and we're going we're gonna to start putting something in your head that's going to mess you up. And that's literally what they thought. So we had to change all of that approach. After one guy, after five years, they came to us and said, uh, i got to tell you something. I said, tell me. He said, uh, you're scaring everybody. I said, explain that to me. And so our approach was actually running people away instead of inviting people to come. And so we had to be more organic in our approach. And so that, that had to change for us so that we could reach the culture that we were reaching for. And so finally we started realizing, okay, from now on we're not going to bring up the church. At the beginning we're going to build relationships. We're going to love on people and uh, just be a friend. And so after a while then they would start asking questions. And that's what I, the problem I've realized is I was answering all the questions they were not asking. I was giving them all this information and they weren't even ready for it. And I, and I realized that was my, my downfall. And so I had to start realizing that God wants us, there's a time and a place for everything to happen under the sun. And God has a timing and the Holy Spirit knows more than I know. Come on. And sometimes my intellect and my, my, what I do gets in the way of what God wants to do. 
My faith, the Bible says, the righteous shall live by faith. The fuel of faith, the fuel of the Christian life is our faith. There was somebody that was, uh, a lady went to, uh, to the gas station and um, she was trying to fuel up her car. Her car was a Tesla. Well, guess what? That don't work too well. And sometimes we use our intellect instead of using our faith and our fuel for our, our Christian life is our faith. We've got to put our confidence in Him and have a daily walk in relationship with Him so that, we can, so that we'll know what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us at the right moment, at the right time. And so this is what the Lord was beginning to show me. So in the first five years, we had eight people in our church. We were doing our best. We were, we were sowing seed. We were trying to help people. And, and finally, God started, we, we met a guy at a gas station. We started changing our approach. And, and then from that one guy, 40 more people came into the church in one month. Well, that's awesome. I was thinking, God, at this rate, we're never going to get much accomplished. And I was feeling sorry for myself. But God said, you have to be respond. You have to love the one that I, that I send to you. If you can't love one, then why will I send anybody else? Because so often, even as Christians, we have this great plan, and God has this great plan to reach the world, but we're, we're so focused on our little idea about how to do that that we miss the big plan that God is trying to do in our life. Because we have our agenda within, the big, within God's, what we call God's plan, but it's actually not God's plan. Because God really wants us. He's got this, this crazy idea that we should be in relationship with him every single day so that he can get us on the path that he wants us to be and that when other people come into our path, we will recognize him not as a distraction but as an opportunity to share the love of God Amen. with no strings attached. And this has been the thing that God has been really pl putting into my spirit because we've got to love people the way he called us to. Jesus loved you while you were in sin. There was nothing you and I could do about that. There was nothing that we could pay back to Jesus, to God, for what he did for us. And yet, so often we, we, we think we're approaching it that way, but then we have some agenda. And God, I don't want to have that agenda. I want to have a, a motive that is, is clear and pure for his glory. That's why I have to realign myself every single day. I have to realign my spirit, my attitude, because it's so easy to get out of alignment and get my focus on the wrong stuff instead of the right things that God has called me to. So uh, today, I want to just share with you a little bit, and at the end, we're going to do like this. There's this uh, seven-minute video of some people, then, and kind of it gives you a little feel for the culture of Lithuania. So Lithuanians are very skeptical people. They'll tell you that to your face. They're like, we're super skeptical. We don't believe in everything that people do, and it takes us a long time to, to warm up to people. Like, it takes, like, a long time. I'm talking about, like, we've seen people in our church come after, after having built relationship with them for years, and they finally get baptized after 10 years. So it's this kind of, but when they're in, they're in. They're all in. So it's this, this heart that we have to just love people where they are, and it's not about numbers. It's about, it's about people. It's about where they are, and, and we have to have that relationship. So, so just to let you kind of in on that, that, that heart. So, so also this, this other aspect about Lithuanian, Lithuania is it has the highest suicide rate in all the world per capita. It's been that way now for as long as we've been there off and on, first, second, third place, and now it's first again. 
and part of the reason, there's a lot of reasons, but a lot of it is because of the skeptical mindset, which came as a result of Soviet times, where people were afraid to open up and share with their friends, or even their family members, for that matter, thinking that they might turn on them and have them sent to Siberia or take away some of their property. And so that mindset, only, they've only been free for 28 years. We've been there for almost 15 years, and we've seen it's gradually moving away from that, but it's still very much uh, active that, that skeptical uh, mindset that, why are you here? They would ask me, why are you here? And I would tell them, I'm, I'm a church, we have started a church. And they're like, but why are you really here? And then some of them even thought I was CIA or FBI. And so this is the mindset that we had to, uh, to, to we're up against. And uh, we see that there is the message that we're sharing with Lithuania is hope. It's a message of hope. And I would like to talk to you for just a little bit here today before I uh, come just share for the next 20, 20 minutes or so uh, about this message of hope. Because I believe in that, that hope is what the world needs everywhere. Yes. Hope. This hope that not just this hope that I'm going to survive. And I want to talk about the power of hope, the power of hope. Uh, see, hope is not this idea that I'm just going to survive. I'm just going to make it. Uh, that I'm just going to come dragging in and, and, and survive. But hope is this idea that, hey, there, there's something better coming. There's something greater. There is a confidence in your spirit because you have hoped in something and you have seen the results of that. And, and see, you know, if I go to the doctor and I'm bleeding out uh, from an injury and the doctor stands there and looks at me and says, oh, well, hello, sir, what's your name? And I give him his, my name and the blood is just pouring out. He would, you would not want him to say, well, I hope I can help you. You would hope that he would actually have this mindset, hey, let's, let's get this guy, let's start working on him, let's start doing something, let's start wrapping up that, 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 that injury, let's, let's take care of this. Because that is not hope at all, hope that just stands and does nothing, or hope that just has this, uh, this mentality that we're going to just survive but not really go forward, that's not hope. But I love what the scripture says in Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is the confidence of things that you hope for, and it is the assurance of things that you do not see. So really, if you want to give people faith, you first got to give them something to hope in. And I believe that's why Jesus fed the 5,000. He did all of these things also because he had to give them some kind of hope so that they could continue to hear his teachings. And this is what we have to understand, that the world needs hope. It's not going to just be found in our four walls. It's got to go beyond the four walls. It's got to go out there where we are connected in circles with other people. And those circles of influence is where our hope has got to be shine, has got to shine out. Amen. And so uh, this, this hope is so important that we have this confident hope. And so the faith, the foundation of our faith is hope. And without hope, there is no faith. It's the building block. And so uh, there is three points that I want to kind of convey today that I felt like the Lord spoke to me uh, in regards to this power of hope. And, and really hope comes out of these. I, I, it's, I'm not going to say it's the, it's the only answer to it, but it's three points that I felt like that I want to share today. And that is the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. The gospel is what? The good news. And the good news is what you've got to have if there's going to be any hope. You, the good news, so the gospel, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus is the hope of the world. We know that. Amen? We know that the gospel is the, why do we know that? Because when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't the end, but it was just the beginning. 
that everything that we see in that message is a message of hope. That when, when things die, no matter how dead it is in your life, that there is a chance that when you put your faith in God, that he can resurrect those dead things in your life to where they can come back to life. Come on, somebody. There is a hope that we have in Christ Jesus and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news. It's good news. Uh, in Lithuania, we love to, uh, the Lithuanians love gospel music. Um, in fact, they sing it in the nightclubs and the bars, and they get drunk to it. <coughs> so they love it. They love it. We used, to, we used to get drunk, not drunk in the Holy Spirit, but not drunk on the wine in, in, uh, with gospel music. But they love it. They really like this gospel music. But they don't like it in respect to how we like it. They like it as a genre of music. They like the style of gospel music. So what's interesting is that's been kind of in Shasta's heart, my wife's heart, for a long time to start a choir, a, a community choir, and now that has been, that dream has come true. And she's, she started this choir in a university. It started with a few young people that were singing in nightclubs and bars, and now they're singing with this community choir. Now some of them from our church have, have joined our church as a result of the gospel music that they had been singing about deliverance and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all these wonderful things that gospel music speaks about. You know, how many know, when you start talking about stuff like that, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to start going in that direction. Come on, out of the mouth, there is life. There's power, right? And so, so, this, uh, so this starts happening. So there's this young lady. She's, uh, she says, I'm not a, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. I do not go to church anywhere, and I don't want to go to church. And we're like, okay, that's fine. No problem. And she, but I like gospel music. I love to sing gospel music. And so she's like, my wife says, come on, you can join us. You can be a part of our ensemble. So she's singing. So this is a, it's an, it's an evangelism. It's an outreach. It's, we don't tell them that, but that's what it is. Come on. Wise, we got to be wise as soul winners, right? And so here we are. We're, she's teaching this songs to her. She's coming every week to the, to the house and practicing with some others. And, uh, they're getting ready to go to a children's hospital for can a cancer ward, and they're going to share some joy with these kids through gospel music, and uh, even the kids like it, and they're going to dance with some puppets and, and some gifts and toys for Easter time. And so they start, they, they're getting ready to take all this stuff out to the car, and they're going to share this. But this, this, it's just amazing what God is doing through gospel music. Come on, somebody. Isn't that cool? I love this. I love what God is doing. Uh, hold that story. I'm going to come back to it in a minute. But um, the next point of this message is the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the power of the gospel, but then there's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows more about what God wants for your life than you know about what you want for your life. I, I'm telling you, I, I, you know, I think, and, I, and, I, and God will let you do what you want to do, but, it, but you'll get your results, and he'll be standing back looking at you like, how's that going for you? I mean, really. And he's done that to me. I, I, we, we, had, we were in a church building, and we had a flood about a year and three months ago. And we had invested all this, this work into this, this building, trying to get it all ready. And, and we were getting comfortable and feeling good. We have this nice little building. And, you know, and it, you know, we're still reaching out. We're not not reaching out. We're doing that, too, because that's what kind of our entire life is just reaching out beyond our walls. But we're getting comfortable with this building. We're starting to fill it up. Um, and, and so... Then all of a sudden we get this flood, and guess what? We have to leave. Now we have to do tear down and set up every Sunday. So we've been doing that for a year, over a year now. And uh, I just felt like the Lord was saying, it, you, you need get, you're getting too comfortable. 
You need, to, you need to quit getting so comfortable with the things in your life, and you need to get more comfortable with the Holy Spirit. You need to get, you get quit getting so comfortable with what you have and what you can do and, and the comfort level that you're in. We, love, we put so much emphasis on comfort zones, and God puts zero emphasis on comfort zone. Hello? Hello? Amen? I know this isn't popular. Um, but you know what the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is? It is the comforter. Why is it the comforter? Because he's saying, I don't want you to get comfortable with your stuff. I want you to get comfortable with my spirit. And when my spirit begins to lead you, I will show you everything that you need to do and the things you don't need to do. I will open things up before you if you are asking me and you're talking to him and you're letting my word speak into your spirit because my word will guide you. It will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. They were talking about baby steps. Well, that's what it's all about. And God's saying, I want you to celebrate every little step that you take because it's in the little steps of celebration that God takes you to the big things in your life and your destiny. This is, I'm preaching all this because this is what I had to live through. I had to realize it's not about the big stuff. It's about the little stuff. And God's saying, I can do great things through your life if you'll begin to focus on the one, the one thing that you need to do now. What is within your reach? What is it that God has placed in your life? What are you hearing right now that God is speaking into your spirit? That's the very thing that he's wanting from us today to focus on. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. Say, oh, me. Um, so the Holy Spirit, so important. When we went, first went to Lithuania, uh, we, we met this, this uh, well, first of all, let me go back. Uh, our, one of our bishops that we had in our life that would speak into our life, he was part of an organization of churches that we were a part of at one time. And uh, your pastor knows him. His name is T.F. Tinney. And he, he said something to uh, my wife and I when we were getting our ordination uh, we were the last person that he ordained while he was in this organization. Um, and he said, he said, Brother Tony, he said, when you go to Lithuania, he said, you will not be going there just because God called you. You will be going there because someone is praying that you show up. And I thought about that and I just kind of, I put it in the back of my head and, you know, left it there until I arrived in Lithuania about a month later. We're, we're getting ready to look for an apartment. We look for the first apartment. It is not the one. We go to the second one, and we feel like this is the right one. Well, when we go in, we start talking to the people, and then we, may, we meet our neighbor downstairs, which is going to soon be our neighbor. And this young lady starts talking to us and said, oh, we, it's so great to see you, and uh, why don't we meet up sometime for coffee? So we meet her almost right, right at about the time we're moving in. We meet with her, and she's sitting in her kitchen drinking coffee and, and gives us tea or coffee. I forget what it was. And as she gets, she walks up, gets up from where she's standing, standing, sitting and goes over to the window at her, looking out of her, out the building. It's a big Soviet building. And she looks out and she says, you, this is interesting. She said, for, the, for months I've been praying that, that somebody, that God would send somebody to tell me who he is. He's looking out, she's looking out the window, and she says, I don't know who God is, but I'm, I'm praying. And you know what's really interesting? She said, not only was I praying that God would send somebody to tell me who he is, but that God would send a foreigner to tell me who he is. And those words resonated in my mind from what uh, 
he said. And when that happened, that young lady, God filled her with the Holy Spirit in our home, in our first church in our home, and, and she was baptized in water in, in his name. Let me tell you something. The, the Holy Spirit knows better about where you need to be than you know where you need to be. The Holy Spirit knows how to take you places that you could never go on your own because the Holy Spirit has insight and direction about our life and he knows the fulfillment that we need to be to fulfill. I'm telling you, God is in it. When the Holy Spirit is in it, there will be hope. There will be hope in the dark place. Come on. There will be hope in your darkness. There will be hope in your broken relationship. There will be hope in every area of your life because the Holy Spirit knows what is best. In fact, it says when we pray in the Holy Spirit, what happens? You pray of things that you don't even know what you're praying. But when you're praying it, it's coming out and the Holy Spirit, God knows. And, it's, and the enemy doesn't know. Come on. And then the next point of this message is the last point, which is not only the Holy Spirit, which let's read this scripture, Acts 1 and 8. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. What does that tell me? That the Holy Spirit, this is the last words of Jesus on the earth. Check this out. I'd read this a ton of times, but never really took notice of this. The very last words, when, when somebody is doing some for, something for the very last time, you take notice of that. Whatever they're going to say, they're going to give very important instructions. He's giving important instructions. You are going to receive power to be a witness. We're not called to be judges. Amen, somebody? Amen. Come on. Amen. We're not called to be attorneys. Amen. We're called to be witnesses. What does a witness do? He testifies of what he has seen and what he has heard. And nothing more, nothing less, right? And so Jesus said, I'm going to speak only what my father speaks. That's why his words were so powerful. Because he listened to the Father and he let the Spirit, his words be spoken with power and they were concentrated words. So check this out. So he's getting ready. So when you read that context, you, you, most of the time you don't read the next verse. And that is, and when he said this, he was received up out of their sight and he went up into the clouds. What is the Holy Spirit? This is what the Lord showed me. The Holy Spirit is not simply just a, a, a spirit out there but it's literally Jesus on the cloud Jesus on the cloud how many have an iPad or a mobile device if you lose your iPad or your mobile device it's the physical thing that's good it's good yes but there's something better about this this thing ain't worth a whole lot it's got a cracked screen a few things but it's not worth much but you know what's what's really important is all the stuff that has been stored in the cloud and he said, when, when you have received my word, I will, I will let that word, if you put it in your heart and you've, you plugged into me, I will cause there to be downloads that will happen into your life because you plugged up and you've got your settings set on the right settings. And now the Spirit of God is going to begin to dump things into your spirit and deposit things into your life along the journey as you plug up in prayer and in the word of God. I can lose the iPad, but I haven't lost my faith because I've got a download of the Holy Spirit that's working. Come on, somebody. The Spirit and God's Word is going to bring life into my spirit every day. So this Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, we've got to have it. We've got to have His Spirit. And then the last, the last part of this whole message. Let's read the Romans 15, 13. NLT says, 
the, I pray that, that God, the source of hope, will complete, fill you completely with joy and peace because you trusted in him. Then you will overflow with a confident hope. Everybody say confident hope. Not just a hope I survive, but a confident hope by what? By the Holy Spirit's power, and then you, you will know that, that God is working in your life. I'm telling you something. That's what he wants to give you, that kind of hope. It don't matter how young you are or how much experience you have, how long you've been in the church. God says it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. What are you doing today? Today is the day. Of salvation today is the day that God wants to deposit things in your spirit through his word and he wants to walk with you and open up doors that you've never seen before I feel the Holy Spirit here today he will give you gifts along with his spirit not just a gift of the spirit but he'll give you gifts that you can operate and be effective and maximize your potential and your power along the journey This is good. Because you know why it's good? Because it's God's word. Amen. Amen. So the next, the point three is the power. There's, there's three powers. The power of, of, of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the next one is through this, the story of the girl I was just telling you about where she, she said, I don't believe in God. She goes out to the car to take all, we're taking the stuff out to the van, and she's, She's look, she looks at the license plate. She'd been singing about gospel music, singing all these wonderful things about God and the Holy Spirit. And she sees, in a, in about Jesus, she sees the license plate and it says, look, it almost says Jesus. J-E-S and some numbers. When she said that, I thought, oh boy, she's been singing about Jesus too much. She's starting to see Jesus on stuff. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever bought a new car? You bought the new car and then you're like, Oh, there's a, there's a car just like mine. There's a car just like mine. Why? Because you're focused on something you, that you were, focused, you were focused on that. When you get your focus right, guess what happens? You start seeing Jesus everywhere. Amen. You start seeing Jesus on license plates. Come on. When she said that, I thought, oh, my goodness. Lord, drop this. J-E-S-U-S is the only words that were missing. The power of us you want Jesus to be seen in the world they've got to see us loving him and loving one another look at this first John 4 and 12 in the NLT it says no one has ever seen God but if we love one another if we love one another, love one another in our diversity, love one another even when we don't agree with everything, we still love one another. When we have that kind of relationship, that kind of heart, what happens? Then Jesus is fully seen. God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Not just me. Come on, somebody. Me is not as great as us. Because when you, how do you live out your Christian life? It's when you fall in relationship with him first, that horizontal relationship. When that horizontal relationship crisscrosses with the vertical, or, I'm sorry, the vertical relationship crisscrosses with the horizontal relationship, what do you have? You have the cross. That's where the cross is seen. That's where Jesus is revealed. In relationship. And relationships are not easy. 
the hardest part of living for Jesus is, is my neighbor. The people that treat me like trash. Well, guess what? Jesus couldn't crucify himself. He might be able to put one nail in the cross, but somebody else has got to do the other one. Because it's all revealed in us. I want to just say thank you so much for being a part of being bigger than just your own, your own needs. Because the, the, Jesus said, to, we got to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's people in Lithuania that have never heard the message that we're, we've heard. They've never experienced the power of God that you have experienced in this room and have experienced many, many times on many, many different occasions. But I'm telling you, we're the only church of our kind there. There are other believers there. But God has called us to start a church that is life-giving, that brings power to people and lets them to know that they can have resurrection power in their life and for their family in a hopeless country where people are, are dying and need Jesus. On, April, on June the 8th, 2018, my wife and I were walking across the Green Bridge in, in Vilnius, Lithuania. Uh, there's a, there's a, a river that crosses through the city. And as we were walking across the bridge, we thought we were the only ones on the bridge. It was at 10 o'clock at night. But did, little did we realize, I looked over to the side and I saw a young lady sitting on top of the bridge. And she was very, she was very distraught. She was crying. And she, you could tell there was something seriously wrong with her. And people don't stand up on top of the gr- bridge like that. And I said, Shasta, we've got to help this young lady. She needs somebody to reach out to her. And so literally, we walked across the street. And we saw her. And she started talking to her and said, hey, this is not what you want to do. I'm here to talk with you. I, I want to just, let, let me, let's talk. Let's talk. And she gets close enough and she reaches out. I'll never forget this. She reaches out and she grabs her. And when she grabs her, she falls into her arms and she begins to cry and tell her all of her pain and all of her broken situation that had just recently happened. How her boyfriend left her. How her, uh, how her father was abusive and just started pouring it out to a complete stranger on that green bridge. And as she's standing there, I'm watching this, and I'm just like in amazement because I know Lithuania has a difficult, has a problem with this. And as I, as I look down, I see a family standing below the bridge watching this. It was a husband, wife, and teenage daughter. And, and this, this, these folks begin to make their way up to where I was standing while, she's, my, while my wife is holding this girl. And she comes over to me, and they say, I just can't believe what you guys did. This is amazing. This is This is amazing. I said, yeah, it was just we're at the right time, at the right place at the right time. She said, you know, she said, she said I was watching this for, for a while. I was watching that girl. And she said, I didn't know what to do. And this is what really shocked me. She said, I'm a licensed professional psychologist, and I didn't know what to do. When you have the hope of Jesus, you have a confidence that God brought you for this moment at this time, and there's a reason why you are where you are. That young lady, did you see the photo? The picture of the young lady on the bridge? That's her. But what's beautiful is there was a young, uh, this, this same young lady, she wanted to forget about that day on April, on, Ju- on June 8th. She wanted to forget about it. So she came to our church one time, but then she didn't ever come back, except for three weeks ago. She called my wife and she said, Shasta, and she, she gave her room and space to try to deal with this and manage this whole thing. She said, I, I'm not going to push you, I'm not going to mess with you. But she calls and said, can I, 
I, w- I want to just share with you some of my heart about what happened on that day. She said, I was going through some difficult times. She said, it was, it was really hard. She said, the doctors put me on a medicine, and, I, and this medicine caused me to begin to hear voices in my head, and I didn't know what to do. In fact, I thought I was going crazy, literally, plus all the other things that were adding, adding on, on her life. And this young lady, my wife looked at her, and she said, you know, she, or she said, I feel so much better than I did then. But she said, thank you so much for reaching out to me. And then she said, she said, I just didn't want to be around anybody at that time. My wife looked at her and she said, you know, this is amazing. Because we believe that the, the bad things that happen in our life can actually be turn out for good. Because that's what the Bible says. We believe in the process of God. People of hope. I'm not ju- I don't just have hope. I am hope. You are not just having hope. You are hope when you have his spirit. Come on, somebody. And that hope that you have is confident hope. She began to tell her, she said, you know, she said, I, uh, your story inspired me to start a project called Taboo. It's, it's a suicide project, a suicide awareness project. It's actually got the backing of the U.S. Embassy, the Canadian Embassy, the uh, Japanese Embassy right now. It's absolutely amazing what God has done. God is opening doors that we could never open our own. He put us at the right place at the right time. And this, this whole project, when she began to tell this girl about how she inspired her to do this, this girl looked at this in awe and she said, I want to tell my story so that someone else will not do what I did so that they can find hope. Isn't that beautiful? God is doing something. And I want to say thank you for what you're doing to make that possible. We have a video, and I'm going to let you watch this video. Is that okay? It's seven minutes, and you'll get a little bit of feel of the people that we're reaching, the people's hearts, and how they are. So go ahead and watch this. In 2005, Tony and Shasta Miller were called to move across the world to Lithuania, a country with a history of Soviet occupation that was experiencing freedom for the very first time in over a century. In this beautiful country that suffers from the highest suicide rate and alcohol consumption in Europe, the Millers planted Givanimo Basnicha, or Life Church, in the highly secular capital of Vilnius, with a population of 600,000 people. Through building relationships by establishing food distributions, youth camps, Bible studies, weekly church services, and gospel benefit concerts for the Children's Cancer Hospital and the Suicide Prevention Hotlines, the seeds of hope were being planted. Now, nearly 13 years later, we finally see the harvest. I didn't hear about Life Church at all. I, I, met, I met Tony directly and the, the rest of the family as well. Um, while I was 16 in the bar and I was ordering beer because that's the sort of thing we do here in Lithuania. Uh, and Tony walked up to, to us. We were speaking half English because that's also the sort of thing we do here in Lithuania. And he wanted to join their English club, us, us, me and my friend. So we looked at each other and we said, so you're a cult, right? <laughs> and he laughed and he said, well, come over and just see what kind of cult we really are. We did and we, we liked it because they weren't, turns out, they were a church. I heard about Life Church by knowing uh, two brothers, Tyler and Taylor. They just met, uh, showed me the church, like the, the the thing that their family doing, and the ministry that everything was happening here in Lithuania. 
I heard about the live church from my sister because my sister was the first one who started to came here and she little by little convinced me to come and see the people and try it. So I came. For four and a half years, uh, I, I just vegetated in between four walls. Uh, and by the time I, I joined right at the cusp of it, uh, I was looking at a wall, I remember, and thinking, well, that's, that's the lot. This is what I have achieved in my life. And that was that. That was my life before Life Church. So, I grew up in a very small village, and uh, my life before church, mostly, we, I grew up in an abuse environment, highly abuse environment. My dad was an alcoholic, and he still is. So, uh, we faced a lot of struggles when it comes to mental, physical, uh, psychological abuse. I struggled to, I actually tried to commit suicide. Uh, we struck, I struggled with just daily things. I, I didn't uh, believe that I deserved to be loved because in my understanding, like who could love me if my father didn't? So um, I was really broken at that time. No, the, the first time, uh, when I saw that this is this is real, it doesn't come it doesn't come like that. Uh, it's more for me. It was more of a pro progress kind of thing, where I realized that this is a place where I can go. Uh, I, I wasn't a believer for the first time. For first year, I joined. Yeah, they still accepted me. They loved me for for what I was, and I wasn't acting all all that great, to be honest. I was I was stepping on line out of line quite quite a bit. Uh, Yet, yet they all accepted me, they loved me for who I was, and slowly but surely, through their love, I uh, understood that there is a God, and that He loves me as well, as much as they do. So the most significant impact on, on my life was, of course, not denying God anymore, and acknowledging that it's real, everything that happens here is real. Healing is real, and God is real, and prayer is real, and also I've been baptized, which I never thought I would do, and I always thought that it's also, it's also stupid as everything else. I, I thought that happens in church is, is stupid, and I just, I think I opened my eyes spiritually and, and mentally, and I, I'm just thankful that I decided to come. It's just that all, all the nonsense, all the nonsense that they spoke at the beginning, or at least that what seemed nonsense to me, is true. Uh, and that, that life is a grand adventure, far grander than I have imagined. Uh, and it's just the beginning. It's fun in here. I mean, it's a lot different than the other churches that I've been to, <laughs> but uh, I mean, just the people and uh, uh, the community itself, it's, uh, it's all positive, uh, well, it's uh, a really positive place where you can come and just forget everything what's happening in your life, all the negativity and everything else, and just by being here on a Sunday or on any other day, you will just be more positive and you can just continue on going. Despite our many challenges, 
God has blessed our ministry here at Life Church. We have seen hearts and lives transformed. We understand that the church is not the building, but it's the people and the relationships that are the cornerstone of who we are. But now, in order to continue this great mission, we are asking for your help. We currently rent 1,300 square feet of usable space, where we hold more than 10 weekly meetings. Our church attendance has doubled in the last year. We now have 90 plus members in our community. We are preparing to raise $750,000 to purchase and renovate a 6,000 square foot building. Success in this endeavor will enable us to continue to grow. We ask you to unite prayerfully and financially with us in this life-changing harvest of hope.